listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. I got to start with this because this is something that's been on my mind and I'm starting to see more and more folks deal with this. And I'm talking about parents and guardians and grandparents and aunts and uncles who have kids who are very active in sports. And leagues are starting to get together, right? You're starting to see, as I drive around, I'm starting to see more soccer in the park. I'm starting to see, you know, some more baseball activities. Uh, I'm starting to see and curious about how uh, travel teams are going to go during this pandemic. Now, while we've been talking so much about the pros, right, we've been talking so much about What's happening with the bubble in in Florida, in Orlando, with with the NBA? And yes, there's another player who tested positive. And the National Football League, who is still marching along with no real game plan that we know of. Now, I'm sure they have one, and maybe they're doing something that some of the other sports have not done, which is keep it to themselves until they're ready to make a major announcement. But I was reading an article on ESPN.com by our Dan Graziano, who indicated that there have been, now we're not sure of how many players have been tested, but there have been 72 players who have tested positive for the Corona-19 virus in the National Football League. Okay, so if you would make that, you know, expand that more, there could be maybe, a, obviously, more and more players involved. And Major League Baseball is going through it right now. There's a number of players. Listen, the Yankees have several. Araldis Chapman is in quarantine. DJ LeMay, who just has come back. He's in New York now for the first time when, since he contracted the Corona-19 virus. So clearly the, the pros are still trying to figure out how to deal with this, right? They're trying to do the best they can. College football, college sports, they're lost. They're not really sure how to make this happen. And they're, of course, at a different level than the pros because – I mean, really, when you think of it, college sports almost has to save the student athlete from themselves, right? Because the coaches are str- such strong figures, the players are going to want to play anyway. So it, it's really the, the institutions that have to say, listen, no, we're shutting this down because, you know, if, 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 Joel, if Joel Pollack was a, uh, a student athlete and God hope doesn't happen, but if somehow, you know, contracted the virus, I mean, Joe's parents would sue the, the, the school and it would be the University of Pollock because, the, you know, that's how serious this thing is. OK, so you understand that. So you, you, you see what's happening as far as how people are trying to figure out what to do. We want sports back. But at what cost do we want it back? So I want to find out from you. It's our it's our Twitter question. At hardest to ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Also at 1-800-919-3776. What is the determining factor in whether or not you feel comfortable allowing your child to play or not play sports again? So I want to know what the thought process was. I want to know as they wanted to go out and I'm sure as, you know, availability starts out, you know, T-ball is going and, you know, you got, like I said, soccer, you've got different sports coming back and, and starting to go out. I'm just curious as to what the conversation was.
What's the thought process? Did you decide to, yes, allow your your child to play? Or did you say, listen, no, we're not getting this done. And if the child's sport has not come up yet, what are those discussions like? What What's happening? What's, what are you feeling? What are your biggest fears? What is going, what do you need to see before you say, yeah, okay, I'm going to let them play. I remember hearing a couple of folks uh, call in saying, hey, you know what? I'm so happy. T-ball is back and I'm taking my kid for T-ball. And so, I, I, and when I heard that, I was like, oh, why did you decide to, why did you decide to let that go to, to do that? Also, were there any, um, were there any, waivers that you had to sign to allow your child to play and if that came about did that make you say yes or no 1-800-919-3776 i wanted to take a break a little bit from the pro sports tonight and really focus in and talk to the parents and and talk to the grandparents and the guardians and talk to kids too um talk to high school students and whatnot who who are you know we know schools are not sure what they're going to do, obviously, with the with the roller coaster that is the numbers from COVID-19. But, you know, what are you feeling having in a lot of cases? And, you know, some of you, we told your stories here on ESPN 98.7 FM uh, not long ago about, you know, how your season was taken away. Uh, how you were not able to to finish out the year because the schools were closed. So I want to hear from you. I want to hear a discussion about this. 1-800-919-3776. Mo's in Queens. Hey, Mo, start us off on ESPN New York tonight. Hello? Yep, I'm here. Hey, what's up, Larry? How's everything? Everything's good, Mo. What's going on? Man, I just feel like I feel bad. First of all, I feel bad for the kids in high school, you know, the seniors, especially, you know, if, especially if they were like low recruits and, you know, this is a senior year to make a big point, probably get mm-hmm. that scholarship. Uh, but speaking of the colleges, you know, I'm 24, so no kids. Thank God, you know, not, nothing yet. Not yet. But not yet, not yet. But uh, I'm thinking it's a bad idea to send the, uh, the kids to school and. No vaccine would be a bad idea. You know, I think you should weigh on vaccine. The money that generates on college basketball and college football and all these other sports, I think they could take a year off and, you know, might affect the pockets, but they made so much revenue the years before that you just take a, let the, let the freshmen or let any other uh, classes rest year, give an extra year because of the COVID and then let them uh, forward it when we got the vaccine. Larry, I'm going to hang up. I'll call you back Monday. Take care. Have a good weekend. All right, Mo. Thanks for checking in. That's going to be an interesting scenario. As a matter of fact, um, Trevor Scales, who covers college sports for us here on ESPN New York tonight, will join me tomorrow night. We're going to talk a little bit about that because, you know, it's interesting. What what do the colleges and the teams do in this situation, right? You've got you've got a recruiting class that's coming in, all right, where you have X amount of scholarships for, right? But now you may have a senior class that now still has, in many cases, a year of eligibility still left. Okay, so what do you do with those guys and gals? Do you just ship them out? Do you you know, give them an extra year? Do you take their scholarship away? What do you do? What What do you do for the sports that did not get a chance to perform? Now, that 
and and for the crew coming in, does everybody in NCAA athletics get a red shirt for this year? Like everybody, all the all the interim freshmen. Is that what happens? It's 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 quite an interesting situation, right? You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. What is the determining factor in whether or not you feel comfortable allowing your child to play or not play sports again? At Dennis Stefan 22 says it's tough. As a coach, I've created an environment that allows kids to be distanced during times like a water break. But sport is sport. They're going to have contact. I'm just flexible and supportive if parents choose not to put kids out there, but we have a full roster returned. So I want to hear from the coaches. What adjustments are you making? Are you having the same situations as uh, Dennis Stefan 22 is? And trying to make sure that as a coach, you're teaching, you're trying to let the kids have fun, but you're also mindful of their health their protection, everything that needs to be done. And yeah, depending on what sport you're coaching, it's a challenge. You know, you're trying to get the social distancing. You're trying to get the, the guys on the dugout to spread out, right? But that's a, that's a hard thing to do. You know, it's, it's a new normal, right, that everybody is trying to get used to. Damien is in New Jersey. Damien, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Larry. How's it going? Big fan. Thank you, Damien. Uh, What's happening? Nothing much. Um, so, you know, I really I wish I could answer you from the like parent standpoint, but I'm only 20 years old. So, mm-hmm. uh, but you no, know, honestly, I, I'm a junior. I'm going into my junior year in college mm-hmm. and this whole virus is really just like shaking everything up because, you, you know, like our whole way of life as college students have just been, you know, put thrown into a wreck pretty much, you know sports, all that. It's just been put on hold. So now what sport do you play, Damien? Well, so I, I only, you know, I only play like pick up with my friends, like at the gym and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like I go to, uh, I go to a school in South New Jersey called uh, Rowan University. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're, we're only D3 for everything. So it's not like we're a crazy sports school. But, like, all of our, you know, all of our stuff this spring, like, I was looking forward to, just got, like, abruptly canceled. And, you know, I root for Rutgers, too, like, and mm-hmm. Arch Madness, you know. Like, it, it's crazy how this has all gone down. And I'm just, I don't even see how any parent could let their kid play sports <laughs> with the way things are spiking right now, you know. David, let me ask you this. What has your institution reached out to you to try to figure out what's going to happen in the fall semester? Are you going to be doing virtual uh, studies? Are you going to be able to go in? Are they talking about distancing? What, 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 what have they reached out to you? Yeah, so pretty much for a lot of New Jersey schools I know, uh, Rutgers, Rowan, the College of New Jersey, um, what they're doing is mostly online classes, like, mm-hmm. say, lectures for, like, your general ed- eds and stuff. Um, and then, like, meetings for, like, tests and, like, say, like, for labs for, you know, like, science classes, engineering classes, they have you go in. But it's pretty much, like, split learning as of right now with uh, the possibility of it going online at any time. 
Now, I'm just curious, and, and I'll let you go after this, Damien. How, how, yeah. What's been that adjustment for you in the split learning? Is is that is it easier to be virtual? Is it better when you had a, a large lecture hall of about 150 other students <laughs> listening to the professor yeah. in front of the class with, with the syllabus? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, no, it's definitely a, a big adjustment. I mean, the thing is, is you're, it's a, I've, what I've learned is it's a lot of teaching yourself. So mm. I'm just thinking, how are these kids learning? Because in college, it's hard because the, because the teachers just expect you to do it yourself. But, like, I don't even know how they could do this in other years. So it's been a really tough curve. And I, I personally like being in class more. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for the call, Larry. All right, Damian, thanks. Thanks for sharing that with us. 1-800-919-3776. Also on Twitter at Hardest to ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. My nephew, Jay Blaze NYC. <laughs> Uncle L, Uncle L, this is my buddy's underrated under 10 boys, girls soccer tryouts from this week on Long Island. Parents signed a basic waiver. All kids had to have masks on unless they were doing drills or scrimmages. Obviously, uh, and then he showed, he has a picture that I will put up, but he says here, obviously you can see they're not all listening when sitting with their groups and that, you know, once again, that is the issue, right? That is the biggest concern is that you really want to hammer in social distancing, right? Six feet, six feet, but under eight, under 10, they want to especially in a scenario like this where in a lot of cases they haven't seen their teammates. They haven't seen these folks that they go to school with because they haven't been in school. So they haven't seen them. So there's so much to be able to talk to them and and share with them and to be out of the house that it's almost the biggest challenge you can have to try to make sure that they are doing the right things. So I'm curious, what is the determining factor in whether or not you feel comfortable allowing your child to play or not play sports again? Teddy's in Queens. Hey, Teddy, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's up, Larry? How you doing? Hey, Teddy. I'm doing good, Paul. Um, listen, as uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a New York City public education product, TS-134, Junior High School 192, Queens Vocational High School, track, softball, junior high, high school, two years, captain of the basketball team. Uh, got my degree at the College of New Rochelle, and now I try to give it back as a teacher, a guidance counselor, a college advisor, and also a coach for a nonprofit organization. Um, all, all I can really do is quote the lyrics from the Whitney Houston song. I believe the children of the future, teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess. Never in the history of the world have we had the incompetency within our education system to fail these kids. Sports development is one of the greatest tools for the development of interpersonal social skills. When you're a part of a team, you learn team esprit de corps. You learn teamwork, you learn unity, you learn diversity, respect, you learn so much discipline and structure till it it precedes you into adulthood. It makes you a better student. It makes you a better colleague, a better professional at whatever you go into because, like you said, from that little child wanting to just goof around with his friends, you learn structure and discipline together 
And those things, I, I, I think that these kids are the victims now because they're at the hands of government officials that never played soccer or flag football or nothing. So it's real easy to cut the budget mm. for sports activity, you know, all the things like, like, and this is why these kids, we have such a high, uh, a high rate of unhealthy children, obesity, uh, just plain laziness now. You know, the, we, we make our kids do laps. And we're like, you know, hey, coach, uh, you know, how, how many laps we got to run? How, how long we got to run? You know what? You don't have to run. Give them a choice. You don't have to run. You can sit on the side. But when the other guys finish running, you need to know that they're going to be the ones that's being selected to go to the next level because there's levels to this stuff. And we as adults, we're not holding up our end now. Oh, you can't play. Why? Oh, we can send a trillion-dollar project to Mars to take pictures of the red planet, but we can't kill the virus here so that you can go to school in a healthy environment. It's not fair to our children. We as adults owe it to them because this is the first time in mankind's history that we've ever been faced with a dilemma like this, and it, it should never exist. It should never have not. Not I could see if this was an underdeveloped country, but it's not. This is America. This is we're supposed to lead the world and everything. And this was a total botch job. I can't. I'm not putting the blame on anybody. Like we have the leading doctors, we have the leading medical institutions, the leading research labs. Let's get it done. We I have the issue. Let's get resolution to the issue so these children can go back to being children because then they'll become better adolescents, they'll become better young adults, and they'll develop into the best adults that we can produce. And that's, I mean, I'm 66 now. That's what it's supposed to be about, man. You know, that's what it's supposed to be about. I got You're right, Teddy. That is exactly it. Thanks for checking yeah. in, my friend. You made some great points. It's true. It is, it's a scenario here where, we're looking at now possibly a delay in this the next upcoming school year. I mean, how can you you how could you know? <laughs> I mean, it could be virtual learning again. And the adjustments that you have to make with that. And what happens to the child that has unique challenges in learning? And needs that one-on-one time, and now it's your parent doing it instead of a teacher in a lot of cases. It's, it's, it's a sad situation, but I guess what it's doing is it's pointing out some of the weaknesses in the system. And if there's any positivity that comes out of this situation is that hopefully we're seeing where the flaws are in the system, and now we'll work and try to get it squared away. 1-800-919-3776. Also on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. What is the determining factor in whether or not you feel comfortable allowing your child to play or not play sports again? I'm talking under eight, under 10. I'm talking travel teams. I'm talking T-ball. I'm talking soccer. I'm talking any sport in your community, anywhere. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. What 
is the determining factor in whether or not you feel comfortable allowing your child to play or not to play sports again. Tina's in Manhattan. Hi, Tina. You're next on 98.7. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good, Tina. What's going on? Good. Driving back from the island, and my husband always has you on, so I heard the topic tonight, and I felt it was something I could relate to. Um, Excellent. So I have a uh, 10-year-old daughter who's in competitive swimming, mm-hmm. and as you know, uh, swimming is not something that you can just kind of stop and pick up. Yeah. You have to be swimming five days a week, sometimes more, and uh, the club she swims for uh, set up um, a great system that my husband and I were confident in their protocol and their procedure. So once they were able to get us back in the pool, she was getting back in the pool and taking temperature, and they had uh, assigned lanes. So we had something that we felt confident in sending, sending her back to. So I think as far as children are involved in you know, I understand parents are concerned and uh, some parents haven't jumped over that hurdle of allowing their kids to play with other kids. But I think the mental health issue for me was a bigger one to have to deal with than, than the, uh, the health issue. All right, Tina, let's talk about that for a second. T- take me through that mental health issue of that and, and the conversation that you and your husband had. Uh, well, we noticed in my son, uh, he was... He's younger, and he was starting to lose his hair, and, you know, he's afraid of everything, noises at night, uh, you know, was the house safe, did he feel safe, there was a thunderstorm, so it was just a lot of different things he was afraid of all at once, and the minute uh, we started letting him play with other kids in the neighborhood, and he was being more active, it just kind of started to subside a little bit, and Mm. he was being his normal self again, so... It's it's something that uh, my husband and I had to agree upon because my husband was a little more uh, apprehensive about letting him be around other children. And um, when he saw the difference it made, so slowly getting back into kind of a normal child life, it was you know easier for him to understand that uh, that's what they needed. Yeah, absolutely. Tina, thanks for sharing that with us because I, I really wanted to hear from parents and thanks for the phone call to talk about that conversation. And for Tina and her husband, and we thank him for listening to us all the time, um, it was the idea that everything was laid out for them, right? The protocol they were satisfied with, the constant temperature checks, because remember, you're talking about a pool, so this is indoors, all right, this is not an outdoor situation, so there's other things that's involved here. All right, so the coaches and everything there did a great job to let them know how safe it was going to be for their child to get back into the swimming pool. That's important. Back to the phones. Mike is in Matawan. He joins us next on 987 ESPN. Hey, Mike. How you doing, Larry? I'm all right, thank you, sir. Love- What's going on? Good. Good. Not much. Uh, I love listening to you. you do a great job. Uh, you, I just want to, I was talking to your producer. I run a hockey store in New Jersey and Woodbridge. And okay. I just want to let you know that there are a lot of people that are playing hockey now. 
And that's, like you said, an indoor sport versus an outdoor sport like baseball, where there's obviously you know, the potential for more uh, more issues. And they're letting these kids play. They have to get dressed inside, like either at home or in their cars, come in pretty much ready to go. No locker rooms, but they're trying to push that and let people know that, you know, it's it's safe to be in there. One parent, maybe, with you know, obviously with a mask on, anyone that's not playing. And this is, you know, step in the right direction, I think, as far as letting these kids play because after being home all those months and no school and everything, it's at least giving these kids an opportunity to play because, you know, hockey is a big sport. Same with baseball sure. outside. A lot of people mm-hmm. are playing that as well. And it's just, you know, as long as they make it safe, like you, you, know, like you had said with your previous caller, people want to be know that they're going to be safe. And I haven't had any complaint from parents saying, I don't want my kid to play. It doesn't seem right. But that's just, you know, seems to seems to be moving everything uh, in that direction as far as, you know, the kids being able to play inside under under, you know, good rules and stuff like that. And hockey, there's no you're close. There's no way you can get away. You you check (laughs) somebody about that. There's no (laughs) social distancing on the ice. (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. I mean, they can do it, you know, locker room wise, you know, no locker Mm -hmm. room, keep the kids separate. But as far as actually playing, it's going to happen. And same, and obviously with the NHL coming up. And I just wanted to to share that and let you know that, that that's another sport that okay. people are playing, and I'm talking about kids from eight, nine years old up to you know teenagers, et cetera, et cetera. Even you know, even like adult leagues are starting to come back as well okay. for the same right. reason. But you know, now Mike, what are they doing when mistake. what are they doing when the kids are on the bench? Are are they trying to social distance them, or they're trying to? It's it's kind of you know, it's kind of difficult. It's yeah. kind of, from what I've because they're small areas. Told, yeah, from the parents. Yeah, you're on a bench. There's, you can only, if you have 15 kids, the bench is long enough for however many kids, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to be. I mean, they're even, a lot of parents are having their kids wear, instead of wearing a cage, wearing a clear plastic shield. Okay. Because for the same thing, it's a little mm-hmm. bit more protective than a cage. So right. those, that's actually a very popular item right now. That you know, people that people want for especially for the younger kids, the old people. You know, we can kind of you know fend for ourselves, I guess, a little bit better. But with yeah. the younger kids, but there's been no shortage of people coming in every day since we reopened, where they want their kids, you know, out on the rink. Same thing. You want you don't want to just stop everything, right? You know, you right. want to hopefully keep things going. So, all right, well, that's to, good. Th- th- thanks that. for checking in with that, Mike. And and you got sanitizer and all the stuff over there, so everybody's good. Wow. Everybody's healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People come in the store. Yeah, sanitizer. Come on in. You know, we take care of you. Yeah, yeah. No, Excellent. it's going really well, Mike. So, so last thing, uh, yep. tell me how how this how these goaltenders are getting dressed in the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it's funny. Like one, I play. I'm a roller hockey guy, and I play. And one of my goalie said to, he said, "Could you picture me driving down the street with my chest protected?" Protector on in a van and everything. No, they're, they're doing the best. Apparently, a lot of them are dressing in the cars Understood. before they actually walk in because yeah. the locker rooms aren't aren't available. So, yeah. all right, but Mike. Thanks for checking in. I appreciate it. Thank you. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. You imagine that trying to dress in and see that's what you're. That's what it's going to be a lot of. And listen, that's what the pros are doing, right? When you think about not dressing in their car, but you're thinking what they're doing is for baseball, they're supposed to be uh, leaving in their uniforms 
and getting on the bus and going back to their hotel rooms and showering. And if, if you're the home team, uh, from what I've been reading and hearing and talking to folks about, if you're the home team, then what you do there is you have the option, but only the folks who have been tested and, and had the temperature taken and whatnot are able to shower in the ballpark. That's the way it, it's going. So it's interesting to see. And it's good. I'm glad Mike checked in to let us know what's going on on the ice. Let's stay in Jersey and talk to Spike. He's next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Spike. Hey, thanks for getting me on real quick. I had a nature call. I heard you on the radio. I said, I got to say hello to my friend. And a shout out to my nephew. I know he comes on around 1120. Yes. And, uh, we man. have business. Yeah, I know. I know. He's doing, you two are doing a great job. I catch it the next morning. What a mess down in Texas and Florida. What a, what the, this is the first wave, huh? Yeah, that's right. So who got it wrong? Did we get it right in New York? Well, we, we, we didn't rush back. I'll say that. And, you, and I yeah. think that's the key. That's the key thing. And we didn't rush back. And, you know, there wasn't as much folks as you see there worrying about, you know, I don't, you can't make me wear a mask and I want to wear a mask and I don't want to wear a mask. I don't have to wear a mask. It wasn't so much of that here. Yeah, well, it was some heard, here, but not as much as you've seen in other places. Before I dozed off, I heard Cuomo come on and say stage four is opening tomorrow, but no indoor dining and three strikes if you're and you're out. Mm-hmm. He's getting thousands of calls and emails a day with the pictures and videos of people abusing the outdoor eating, the yeah. social distancing, you yeah. know, just by the geography alone. But anyway, I just called to say hello. Hope you're feeling well. And, Doing uh, well, Spike. No, I, I listen, I, I worry the cases I'm trying to get down to Florida. You know my situation. And uh, right. I, I guess it's, it's crazy down there. The hospitals yeah. are 95% full. I just right. heard that Houston's 98% full. Yeah. We're sending stuff down there. So uh, you can't. It's like a, uh, a wide receiver who takes the top off and you just can't guard him, so you keep putting guys on him. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, you throw the ball the other way. That's and right. And we've gotten tricked by this thing, so I'll just ask you one thing, and again, my best to my nephew. I'll catch up with him over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just keep hearing about the bubble and, and, and baseball starting in a week. I guess they're going to start, and then we're going to just see where it goes. Is that the way it works? It looks that way, Spike. They, they, listen, they're doing the best they can with what they know and what they're trying to get it done, and they're trying to recoup something. And, you know, you just hope that, you know, it's 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 as minimal damage as possible. That's all you can hope for. Do you, you agree with that? No, I wanted them, and Spike, I got to run them up yeah, against no, the clock. No. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, no, I didn't want them. I was ready to say, listen, forget it. We'll start next year. Shut everything down because remember, Spike, I wanted, I didn't want this to affect two seasons where you're doing something like this, where the NBA and the NHL is restarting now and then next season is going to be starting late, like maybe in December. See, I didn't want that. I felt like this way, if you shut it down now, you get all the information you need, then you can start again next season. You can start correctly. But listen, I don't have obligations financially and other things. So, I was just, you know, just an analyst. So I didn't have to worry about those other things. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Trey in Brooklyn, Texas is next. Hello, Trey. What up, Larry? Okay, really quick. This is going to be totally off topic. Larry, mm-hmm. who you, 
did you just say Jerry? Did you mention Jerry, Mr. Jerry, a couple of segments ago? I mentioned Gerald Lee Bledsoe. Yes, I did. <sighs> Larry. Yes. One of the greatest baritone voices yes. in the history of Ray. Larry. Larry, yes. am I lying? You are not. I Larry. was blessed to work with with two of the top ones. Oh. Vaughn Harper. Larry. Okay. And Jerry Bledsoe. Unbelievable. And they were oh, on back to back. Yes, sir. Larry, <laughs> WWRL in 78. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'm right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, then, of course, then, you know, you, one, well, you know that other station. We, we, don't, we ain't got to drop all the names. No, 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 if no, you no, know, no. If you know, then you know. Yes. Yes. I have tapes. In my in my uh, in my storage right now, Larry. I promise you, I have tapes of Mr. Bless on. I promise you, I do. I know you do. I have t- I have TDKs in there, label. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm talking '85, reading the old Plymouth, the old local Plymouth uh, line. Oh, Larry, stop, yes. stop, Larry. A lot a of legend. great legendary and national spots that he yes sir voiced. yes sir. He yes, was an absolute legend, man, and we he lost was. him far too soon. He was an Definitely absolute did. legend. Definitely yes, did. Yes, we did. Yes. Yeah, he did. Yeah. That, I, I had to say that, Larry. I was like, wow, Larry, you take you putting them in the DeLorean, and they don't even know where they're going. <laughs> they don't even know where they're going, Larry. These kids are like, who is that? Is he, is he related to Drew Bledsoe? Like, they don't even know. They don't even know, Larry. I know. So thank you for that, oh, Larry, man. for real. Thank you uh-huh. for that. Yeah, yeah, I know. All right. Know. You ready to go to work? Yeah, and um, I'm kind of down. Okay. Um, The U.S. saw its highest single day of new COVID-19 cases today with 71,135 cases reported. John Hopkins University reports there are at least 3,570,037 cases of coronavirus in the United States. At least 138,291 people have died in the U.S. from coronavirus. With that said, we still persevere, Trey. We do our shout outs as we do every night and we're headed to Connecticut, the new Milford Hospital in Connecticut doing an outstanding job. They are now part of New Vance Health, which is all over the state of Connecticut. Once again, stretching out seven nonprofit hospitals working together to make sure they help battle this COVID-19 virus. You go there, they take care of you, screening, uh, you know, your temperature, everything. They are there around the clock to work and help you to see if you have the virus. If you do, how you can get in quarantine and get hooked up as best you can with what we know now about this virus, Trey, and hopefully get you back home and everything ready to go. But I'm just telling you. Trey, it is just it's 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 frustrating when you see the numbers continually go up. It just is. It really is. And uh, I, you know, I guess to add on to the to the dreary kind of point of the call, um, that's where I'm going tonight. Going to Tarrant County, which is in Dallas, Texas. Okay. And we're going to shout out Baylor University Medical Center up there again, another stressed hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, and and I mean the the bed capacity, and it's just it. it it's not meeting the demands, Larry. I mean, today, Tarrant County reported 562 new cases. Um, so only, I, I want to say only six deaths, but man, just, dear God, man, do we have to see any more to not know that this is real? Yeah. 
You're right. You know, and, and I mean, the county case is topped over 24,000, 283 dead. I mean, the ventilator capacity is at 43%. I mean, these are all numbers that are trending the wrong way, Larry. And is, yep. and then and, and then to tie in with what uh, your poll question is tonight and what the topic of the show is tonight, you know, down here, this is football country. Mm-hmm. And I'm in Central Texas, Larry, so this is football country. You're seeing a lot oh, of yeah. kids out here. And, they, and there's no mask. There's, there's, a lot of the parents don't have masks. And mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, and then you and just like Chris said earlier, um, you're, you're spreading this all around. You, kids are germ factories, Larry. We all, everybody, pretty much everybody that calls this show, with the exception of a few, have have or had children. Mm-hmm. And then these are germ factories, Larry. We know that. They, yep. Half the time when, when the adult gets sick is because the kids bring it home from school. That's right. So That's until right. there's a vaccine, Larry, I, I mean, just like Chris said, I know I know it was a little long how he was trying, where he was going with it, but mm-hmm. that you had to go that long to understand the process of what it's going to take to have kids back in school, to have kids back in gym, to have kids back on the field. Yep. It's going to take that long road, that arduous road. And, and, we, and we're going to have to go down it, Larry, if we want to get back to where we were nine months ago. You, are you know what I'm saying? That, that yep. We have no choice. But a, vaccine is, uh, but a vaccine, but a vaccine, you got to get the vaccine first, Larry. I'm serious, especially for the kids. Yeah, yeah I, I would say so. You know, and listen, we applaud the folks that are doing what they can. We had some folks call in, some coaches and what they're doing. And, you know, they're yeah. doing the best they yeah, can. They're absolutely. doing the social distancing. They're doing the mask. They're doing the, you know, the sanitizer. They're doing what they can because kids want to be involved. They, you know, they want to get out there. They want to do something. They've been cooped up. You know, I understand the frustration. And, you know, right. that was why we, we decided to talk about that tonight, Trey, because, you know, listen, it's it's it is the same conversation that we have even here where there are people who are frustrated because Governor Cuomo has started, you know, uh, phase four, which would have more indoor dining and gyms and stuff like that. And he's saying, no, we're not doing that yet. And there's people right. who are, you know, indoor dining who are like <laughs> you're killing me here with my money. You know, like, like, how yeah. am I going to stay in business? And so you understand that you do, you, you have sympathy for that. But on the other side, you look across the country and folks on cities and states who have done this, who have opened up and you see the spike is just going wild. And then how do you rein it back in? That's right. the question. Right. And like, and like I said, months ago, Larry, you scared everybody back in the house, but it, I think I was a little wrong. I might've been a little too quick because they weren't too scared to go back outside. Obviously, no. yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So it just worries me, especially with the winter months coming, Larry, and they're coming. Yeah, they're coming. It's almost over. You feel me? So, I mean, <laughs> and you knew that was going to be, the, you knew that was going to be big, the biggest challenge, Trey, because absolutely. it's nice out. We've been inside right. all winter. We're ready to get out. It, it was yeah. easier to stay inside when it was cold. I, I was yeah, to it was a lot easier. It was a lot easier, Larry. And uh, you know, as the as the as the weather warmed up, we got a lot uh, really lax. You know, yeah. and that's just I guess that's human. But Larry, look at all the other humans in in Europe and and, and, and over in Asia, Larry. They they seem to be adjusting, yeah. and and the curve is flattened. And yeah. shout out to our brothers up north, man, because Canada seems to have flattened that whole yeah. thing, huh? They really have. They really Larry, have. mitigation is the key. Mitigation is. is the only way that this is going to be that this is that we'll be able to take care of it until we can get a vaccine. But You're for right. the children, Larry, I'm, I'm I don't have young children, mm-hmm. but I, I, I 
you know, I pray for the I pray for the parents that that they have to sit up when the kids asleep at night and figure out if they're going to let them participate, let them mm-hmm. go out to practice. You know, because it's hard to tell a kid it's hard to tell a kid to sit still for an Ola Mills pitcher. You gonna tell them to leave a mask on while they play um, a t-ball? Yeah. Come on, Larry. This is yeah. it's going to be hard, man. It's going to be hard, yes. but it's going to take all of us to to maybe when the kids see the grownups wearing the mask, it won't be so bad. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take. I wish I had the answers, I, I, but I don't. Yeah. I and that's the scary part, Larry, for real. It is. It is. Yep. It really is. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. All right, my friend. We'll talk soon. Absolutely. Take care, guys. All right, now. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.